Hi, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone Rochefort, <laughs> and I'm singing. And I'm here with uh, Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. How's it going, Brianna? Uh, my name is no longer <gasps> Brianna Wu. That is my slave name. I don't respond to that. <laughs> Do you have it a is suit? Destructa X. Destructa X. <gasps> Destructa X. I didn't come up okay. with my a name. What? Uh, I should have come up. Oh, my God. You got Well, I can just be Doom Quasar. What am I talking about? Yeah, I was um, going to say, of course, you're Doom Quasar. Obviously, everywhere. And Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable. What is your new name? <clears throat> um, I'm just going to be C-Mac, which is, uh, which is my nickname. <laughs> I'm just going to be C-Mac. That's going to be my bad blood name. All okay. right, C-Mac. Thank you. C-Mac That's and Destructa X. And Doom Quasar. <laughs> so what happened to us was that we saw the new T-Swift video. They totally sound like they could be names in the T-Swift yeah. video. They Somebody do. please yeah. tell her. She faved your tweet, right, Christina? Or did she? Yes, she faved one of my tweets. What? Oh, my God. It was what? the greatest thing ever. Are you oh my God. I'm completely for Did your heart just, like, real. leap out of your chest? I died. So, true story. <laughs> I miss you. So, <laughs> so Thursday afternoon slash evening, I'm taking the christina bus to washington dc christina party bus yes and we're we're in the bolt bus and i'm listening to taylor swift as one does um and uh the song forever and always the piano edition from her 2008 opus uh fearless uh <sighs> came on <laughs> an amazing song i love it and it was all about her breakup with um uh, uh joe jonas i think that was uh -huh. it. i think he was the one anyway um, and I tweet, call me a perennial teenager, but I could listen to at Taylor Swift 13, so that's Taylor Swift's Twitter name, um, forever and always, basically for the rest of my life. Fair. Very innocuous, right? Yeah. Like, I've said so many other things about Taylor Swift and used her, her name in this mm -hmm. that, that I didn't think anything of it. All of a sudden, a, a little bit later, once I'm back in my hotel, uh, once we arrive in DC and I'm in my hotel room, I'm noticing that I'm getting all these favorites and retweets by these Swifties, <laughs> like these hardcore Swifties. I'm like, this is weird. And I'm like, they I don't love this song. Well, what I was thinking, I was more like, how did they find this? I'm like, who retweeted this? Like, what was, yeah. why is this getting attention? Because every, uh, she must have, you know, 100,000, you know, mentions of, of, of her username an hour, mm -hmm. at least, you know, like, there's no way that someone just found this. Um, and I didn't use the hashtag or anything. And so I'm looking through the retweets and not really seeing anything, but I'm seeing a lot of Swifties doing it. And I go through the favorites and <sighs> my, my jaw drops and my, my chest tightens and I see Taylor Swift 13 favorited this tweet. And wow. uh, I fangirled the frack out, you guys. Okay. You like, made I fangirled it. the frack out. Like, I, like, I'm talking, like, sending texts to my friends. Like, I'm in a group text <laughs> with a bunch of people. I'm talking about, like, DMing you, Simone. Yeah, you DMed I'm talking, me, and like, I was like, how is this fair? I, 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 I'm talking, like, 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 sending the screenshot to everyone. Like, I was... I was, a, a, I was a complete 13-year-old girl yeah. just because she favored one of my tweets. But, but it taught yeah. me a few things. One, um, I really am a perennial teenager when it comes to my Taylor Swift fandom. And I'm completely comfortable with that. Two, her fans are hardcore in a way yeah. that I wasn't quite expecting the sense that oh, they yeah. all meticulously go over everything she favorites. Like a retweet yeah. is one thing, but they go over her favorites. That is intense. Like – it, 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 they, they go over everything she likes on Tumblr, everything she favors. Like, they are, like – I'm not sure if likes are public, actually, on Tumblr. I don't think they are. But they go through, like, basically, like, everything that she 
in, in any way like that they can track like they are on it Damn. and and through the weekend actually it was funny like i was continuing to get traffic on that tweet and it was it was hilarious so um Taylor Swift and or someone related to her Twitter account has read something that I've tweeted. And just knowing that, that I might be like yeah. one degree of separation away from that, like warms yeah. my heart. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's awesome. beautiful. That's awesome. <laughs> I, You know, just to tell the story from like a different side of it, like not that many we're anywhere near in the same universe as Taylor Swift. But what will happen very often is I'm like going through my mentions do you know how in the twitter client the the follow button is relatively near to you know the retweet and the the favorite button and all of that (laughs) so what i will do sometimes as i'm scrolling through is i will accidentally follow someone yes and then i will get this message back and it will be like oh my god brianna Wu is following me i can't even believe it i hope i live up to this i feel so honored and i don't have the the heart to tell them you you don't want to be but also no, you no, can't you unfollow can't. at that point. You, you can't. cannot. You like, cannot. You're committed to it. Yeah. You would be the worst person on earth. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's awkward on the other side of that. Let's yeah. talk about porn. Let's do. Let's <laughs> porn. Exciting news yeah. today. A sex tech toy company called Lovens is partnering with virtual real porn in the hopes of bringing porn to your Oculus Rift in the future. So basically they want to do it so that you have the toy made by Lovens that will provide haptic feedback as you're watching porn in your Oculus Rift. And what they talked about was doing basically point of view porn um, with amazing high-tech camera, high-def cameras, 180 degrees. And it is crazy complex, like the, the degree that they're going to to kind of simulate uh, I don't know, you know, the the feelings. Yeah. Adult, adult, adult feelings yes. as you're adult watching feelings. porn. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you Using Bluetooth, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts about the the technology yeah. that they're using for this, and I'm sorry, this is gonna be like well, like, it's the best I, use of the word dongle that I have ever it, heard. It, it's it, a, it a, is a Bluetooth also, wireless we, dongle on the the sex toys that will synchronize oh. with the motion of the performers in the video that you're watching. And in case this was not already clear that this whole topic is NSFW, do not yes. go to the virtual real porn website unless, like, like seriously, you guys, it's, like, totally not safe for work, which right. is I fine. And did I'm, that, and I, but, then I thought better of it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm at work right now, and I am on this site, and that's fine. <laughs> um, I don't really care what they, what they see about the things that I've seen and whatnot, but I'm just pointing that out for anybody listening at home. Um, I mean, it's a fascinating topic, though. What's interesting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is as as you guys said, the best use of dongle. Now, what's interesting is that almost as soon as Oculus came out, um, some of the very first things we started seeing from it were these virtual porn experiences, mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of them were like I remember seeing some videos in Asia where it looked like you know like the connections that you would you know that, that a guy would put on his penis and and obviously kind of bring you into this virtual reality porn. Um, what's interesting to this about to me, and, and and obviously if you go to this website, which again is not safe for work, it's almost completely focused on like the male experience, the male gaze. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting to me is that these toys are also like female toys. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the article that I read described exactly how they work. And it's really the effort that they've gone through to, to make it really synchronized is incredible. Like it will with the um the male toy the whatever for the penis will squeeze like with the motion of the female performer and um the vibrator will you know rotate with the motion of the male performer and that it's 
an incredible technical feat, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I pushed for this topic because, um, you know, it's... I, I, I'm truly not trying to be, you know, risque with this by bringing this forward, but I think mm-hmm. it's a really interesting technical problem that they're trying to solve. You know, mm-hmm. I did uh, Clockwise today with Jason Snell, and we were talking about, you know, the newest version of Microsoft's HoloLens and kind of what the future with this would be. And, you know, like, I think that there's going to be a point where we, we have to start figuring out how to synchronize, like, what we see and feel yes um in the real world with like what happens with these ar slash vr experiences and you know porn has very traditionally been um a leading you know kind of technological edge for this kind of of technology so every technological advances because of war or because (laughs) of porn yeah exactly um so i think there's a lot to uncover here um, and, you know, like, I want to be clear, like, I've not experimented with this, so I have no idea how mm-hmm. effective this, this technology is, but there's, there are a lot of problems here that they're, they're trying to solve. Um, so in 3D, if you are, say, shooting someone with a gun in a 3D engine, we have to get around the geometry and construct what we call a collision box and collision detection. And the way you kind of refine this collision detection, it's it can be very computationally intensive. So what I think is very technically interesting here from looking at it is they've built collision boxes yeah. along certain points of these these models, and they've managed to like sync up haptic feedback in a a kind of way that's organic about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that has like a lot of interesting practical applications. Like, do you, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. This is like the way that we are going to be interacting, hopefully with VR in the future will be more and more complex. And there's nothing more complex than to, I guess, soft bodies like interacting with each other i'm not right, right. i think right. that is the technical term i'm not trying to sound totally perverted <laughs> no but no, no. like human beings are unpredictable in a way that objects are not necessarily so the fact that they are right. striving for ultimate synchronization and reality of this is incredible and what i'm wondering is if the if the porn industry kind of sees a future here and sees money here, does this signify a great future for VR or are they just kind of mm. looking for the next possible I think it certainly gives consumers like a, the constant yeah. question we're asking ourselves with Oculus is what is going to be the impetus to cause a consumer to go out there and purchase yeah. this? Right. And look, I'm just talking cold, hard reality. Like yeah. if this particular industry is like kind of a gateway to get this into you know people's homes, that's awesome for me right. as someone that's just thinking about other kind of commercial applications. No, yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. Although to play devil's advocate, I, I think that the experience would have to be, I mean, demonstrably better than just using a toy on your, a, a flashlight or a vibrator or whatever mm-hmm. on your own while watching porn. Mm-hmm. I, the, I, to me, you would have to make the argument that the experience with the Oculus is that much better. Um, and I, I don't know if it is. Um yeah. I, obviously, I haven't tested these things, I, but 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 I don't know. You know, I mean, I think that would be the big question. I think that there could be an argument to be made, maybe about you know, and and you can already do this with these toys without Oculus, where you yeah. can have um, people controlling them from far away and kind of taking you know kind of webcam aspects into it, and 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 kind of you know doing like the kind of long distance lover sort of thing. Um, I do think it's interesting. Uh, I just I, I I'm credulous to think that this would actually be the thing that would make this sort of thing go mainstream, uh-huh. just because the the, the price. 
I think that it, it's um, a lot more likely that the people would just be satisfied with the, with what they have. Right. But so you I think it's think, more along the lines of like a real doll than yes, okay. I do, I do. It, than the Netflix of porn, at, at least in this context. Um, it is interesting though, yeah, because you you know you mentioned the real doll. I remember seeing a thing probably 15 years ago on on one of them HBO's real sex specials about uh, the, this kind of idea of what we're finally seeing now, where they were trying to bring vibrations and trying to bring like like remote controlled you know objects and things like that that you would then probably plug into a serial port or something into mm-hmm. a computer and have controlled, you know, via via porn or, or, or um, you know, a user controls. Um, that way, you know, we're talking about like, like the early 2000s, yeah. uh, late 90s, um, that's now kind of becoming a reality and, and is obviously much better. Um, I do think that there's probably, I'm not sure how big the audience is, but I do think certainly with some of the synchronization stuff, especially if you could get it to be matched semi in real time, like you could get the algorithm to, to kind of detect those things. You could imagine a kind of a scenario where you take a real live streaming technology and match it with with the Oculus and kind of bring a cam girl scenario. Oh, that's you know, a situation. great idea, actually. Like if you, if you, that would actually, I think probably that would be the sort of thing where I think you might actually see more more uptick in that sort of experience. That is really smart. <laughs> so, so I, I would, uh, I, I'm going to try to talk around this as best as I can, but just, just as an engineering challenge, like I thought it was very interesting that, you know, they have the kind of model of this that's made for men, which seems to be, to be an easier engineering challenge, like structurally, Mm. than the female model of that would be because that seems like it's yes. a much more particular kind of thing <laughs> for the individual. Um, I I don't know. It's it's hard for me, again, without experiencing that, it's hard for me to imagine how they could, like I'm happy they're working on the problem, but it's hard for me to imagine how that could be something that would work for a wide variety of people because it's it's such a particular the way that thing is engineered to right talk around that yeah. no yeah no i mean well totally right. i mean yeah. i think yeah. right which i think comes down to the fact that all it's basically doing i mean and you're right it is an interesting engineering problem but i mean i think that at least right now fundamentally what it's doing is you're taking a a vibrator or a flashlight or some other sort of uh, you know sex toy and that are that already has some sort of bluetooth controls and has some sort of settings mm-hmm. and you're writing a program that activates that the word is um, actually maybe teledildonics just teledildonics, okay. which is incredible. Is that a real word? It is in this article at VentureBeat. So, oh my that's god, that's Tele- I am that's so actually happy. Simone, that's your that's your Taylor Swift video name. For, like, you can for be Taylor Dildonics. Sake, Brianna. <laughs> I mean, Destructa X. <laughs> yeah, is it Destructa te- Ten? Tele Teledildonics. No, I love that. Um, no, but I mean, I, I would think, um, maybe I'm misreading this, but I would think that's what it would be doing. Is that basically just setting a set of parameters? To activate, you know, settings on the toy. So in that mm-hmm. case, I mean, it, it's obviously like you're still able to control things yourself um, and 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 move them around as as needed, I suppose. Well, but I so again, the description that is in the article um, with this specific one from Lovins is the head of the female toy rotates based on the speed of the male performer, and the clitoral stimulation arm vibrates when the performer's bodies collide. So what actually this makes me think of is what you were talking about, Christina, with performers. If, right. Say you find a performer who super jives with you that could be i guess a way to i don't almost per- personalize the porn yeah. ex- the virtual right. porn experience i don't right. again i don't think that that would be a huge mainstream thing because it just seems like it, it, too big an industry to kind of to to be so specific about who you are watching 
if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Although, I mean, I think there's some people who certainly have favorites. But yeah, mm. I mean, I think that it's also what's interesting, too, is we're talking about a world, you know, where the biggest thing facing the porn industry, and I mm-hmm. think one of the reasons why a lot of them are, are embracing things like this is that, you know, um, amateur stuff, you know, the, the the porn tubes of the world have, have really kind of, you know, started to eat into their business. Mm-hmm. Um, not just with the fact that they'll put all the, the, the pay stuff up, no paywall and put it up for free, but the fact that, you know, a lot of the, the amateur, um, you know, stuff, people are, are satisfied watching that and they don't care about the, the bigger the production, production value, so yeah. to speak. And and so the brands of, of people aren't really there. I mean, you know, your, your James Deans aside, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like I can't I, – I, I don't know any female porn stars right now. I mean I used to know names of some of them just because it became a cultural thing. You know, does Stoya yeah. still do porn? I don't know. Okay. I think she does, but I really don't know because I, I don't really watch a lot of porn uh, to, to put that out there. Um, or at least I don't pay attention to their to their names. But um, I mean – but, uh, you know, like you used to know the names like Jenna Jameson and people like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's that sort of thing. I mean, James Dean is really the last person who. Yeah, Sasha you know, Gray. Is is Sasha Gray. Yeah, Sasha really Gray. Yeah. yeah. Is that a cultural change, do you think? Because I, even I remember, and that was uh, when I was younger and should conceivably not have known about these things, but those names are familiar to me. Uh, do you think that we, culturally porn has become less no or not less known but more of a taboo thing i don't think it's taboo i no. think it's that everybody does it everyone's in yeah. it so, okay so so yeah. it's one of those things where literally everybody can be kind of this famous thing so i think that the cult of personality around it has dissipated you know you're okay. ron jeremy's yeah. you know uh, those, those types of figures aren't i mean you've, you've got to have kind of you know with the sasha grays and the, and the james deans when they break out into the mainstream that becomes interesting right yeah but other than that um I think that there's so many people doing things and that the cost of production and the cost of distribution have gone down so tremendously that it's almost like, how do you even keep up? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Crack- so can oh, we can we go back to the, the, the 3D technology here Absolutely, for a minute? Yeah, so, sure. You know, so when I look at a 3D model, um, you know, one of the interesting things about being a game dev is you can't enjoy games because you pick it apart technically. <laughs> so like when I saw some of the 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 3d models on the site um to me i have a very particular reaction to it i i'm curious what you guys thought like did it feel cartoony blocky did it seem did it did it seem like it was accomplishing you know basically the meeting the needs of the audience that's intended for well hold on and let me load it up and look because i was (laughs) again in the main office at my work (laughs) right which is like an awkward place to yeah yeah um i okay i cannot look at this with your same eyes brianna Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. kind of it and understand it looks real to me okay um I don't. What, what do you see when you? I mean, I see some of the compromises they made, but yeah. overall, it seems like a. It, it seems well done. Um, yeah. It also seems like it's going to require a reasonably high end machine there, which yeah. again, yeah, yeah, I'm just talking as an engineer here. That's going to limit their user base. You know, like Oculus's. Uh, specs came out the other week and they're sky high here and it's not trivial like if you're yeah. trying to render for two eyes like you're trying to render everything twice which is you know, twice the computational necessity there yeah. so i don't know now um, here's the other thing yeah it, it yeah. said that they're also going to be releasing apps for android and ios mm-hmm. which 
and my my first question about that was I thought the Apple Store was a lot more rigid with what they that's horrible they are. choice yeah what they yeah. let into their store I was wondering how that was possible but with the technical no problems idea. that you're bringing yeah. up how could is a phone able to render I guess the high quality oh yeah the re- yeah okay. do you not use Google Cardboard at this point. It's, I have. It's, I mean, it's not it's as good, good as an Oculus. But no, but it's, it's not. Solid. Yeah. It's I used solid. it, but it's again, solid. that was, I mean, it was a room. It wasn't people in motion when I used mm-hmm. it. So. Hmm. I mean, there could be compromises with frame rate, yeah. with the, the texture resolution, obviously, with the amount of detail you can have. Like, hair is very high <laughs> polygon. I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be realistic. Right, That's yeah, one of the no. most computationally expensive things you can do. So, now, how, um, how much yeah. of this do you think might just be done, like, like old CD-ROM style, just like motion capture? You know, like straight up, just like oh, you know, video God. stuff. You know what I mean? Like we could have Christine an entire show about the technologies for scanning things into 3D and <laughs> how terrible they are. Um, right. No, what I mean yeah. is not even scanning it into 3D, like not even bothering that, but just straight up like taking a video file and like huh. trying to like alter that because that's. Oh, wow. What if you recorded it? Like something like, um, do you know the Google car thing? Like this yeah. big giant camera apparatus that they have? Oh, yeah. That seems like that would be very. That seems like that would be smart christina that would be the yeah. first thing i would do actually right because so. i would think if you could do that then you could have actual video which yeah. then you wouldn't have to bother like doing it and you could just alter it you know the way you, based on you know the movements just line up the movements with with the yeah you, you know other stuff. so it'd be pre-choreographed basically yeah yeah exactly that's that, that that's what i mean by the cd-rom thing is basically yeah. it could just be like a pre-choreographed thing and it could just be sped up or, or whatnot based on yeah exactly you would choreograph their movements to how you would then control the toy. I that think that's really sense. interesting. I think that would be an engineering hack that I would probably want to do in the short time. Yeah, <laughs> no um, kidding. I, because if you're talking about anim sets and trying to like give, get different animations and link them up to something dynamic, I mean, I'm not... Again, that's a non-trivial problem that you're trying to do. Like, it's, it's difficult to do this in games. And, you know, like any kind of enterprise in this space is probably going to have less of a budget than you know like a triple a title does mm-hmm. so right um and, and then there's something yeah. also to be said i think too about like how comfortable people would be like you know getting on with something that, that even has any sort of uncanny valleyness yeah yes, yes. because oh, it's a very different sort of experience like you know i mean some people enjoy anime porn and whatnot and manga stuff that's fine but like it's a different sort of experience i think to being like okay i'm having stylized and uh, right of, right yeah. right I'm, I'm 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 you know uh, performing some sort of act with you know um, <laughs> something that has the uncanny valley that, that looks like it's a digital creation that that, that yeah. might take people out of the mood that might you know what i'm saying like it might not be at that point you might as well just put on porn tube or something yeah well oh. I, it, on the other hand it might be a draw for some people i for mean some people yeah real dolls are existing they're so uncanny valley but uh-huh. um i can't wait for the glitch videos of virtual real porn <laughs> coming out <laughs> oh my I mean, god that's gonna be fantastic oh, you're right awesome. i spent too that's much awesome. time like on blogs about glitches in the sims where you have like floating baby heads and yes. weird contorted bodies i expect that same quality of glitch from the pornography of the future i demand nothing less no, and frankly, that's the sort of thing that, like, I would kind of, I mean, the same way that now sometimes, you know, porn, like, you watch it not because you're turned on, but because it's funny and there are, there are aspects of it that are, like, mm-hmm. interesting commentary. That would be an interesting thing to be like, let's look at the glitches 
yeah, with, yeah. The, with the virtual porn. And you know, actually, I read an article on Cracked a while ago about um, an amateur porn actress, and what she found was that rising to the top on PornTube was so difficult. She needed a gimmick, and what she did was she used a mannequin, basically a puppet, like Pinocchio style puppet, and that's her gimmick, and it's incredibly popular. So going back <laughs> to the kind of uncanny valley aspect of it i would not be surprised uh, especially if this became i don't know if if somehow this became an amateur th- got into the hands of people who are making amateur porn if the kind of strangeness of it of the the potential models um, wouldn't be a draw I want to see what you mean, like innovating yes, within I can see that, that yeah, kind of erotica yeah. space. I think you'll see a lot of, I mean, you'll see a lot of hobbyist things there yeah. in, in the space. Like in the 3D world, like typically it's it's very funny. Like if you go look on TurboSquid, very often when someone's learning how to model things in 3D, they'll make like a, a ridiculously pornographic girl. But <laughs> then it's so amateurly amateurish and it's implementation is kind of cartoonish and awful yeah. but kind of awesome at the same time so i don't know i don't know i don't know yeah. uh All i right. think with that we should probably wrap it up on. <laughs> move into our ad read for lynda.com yeah. which is sponsoring so kindly uh lynda is the online learning platform that has over three thousand on-demand video courses with text transcripts they'll help you strengthen any skill, honestly, any skill that you want to strengthen for business, for technology, creative purposes, and you can get a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash rocket. That is L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash rocket. And I pulled up some of the courses that they sent me this week. And one of them is actually, okay, one of them is really relevant, actually, and helpful to you, Brie, which, or not helpful to you personally, but to people in the game industry, it's Advanced Unity 2D um, Platformer Player Movement. Oh. Wow. Which, oh my God, yeah. I was at um, the Power of Play last weekend, and there were a bunch of game developers there, and some of them were high school students who had actually, like, taught themselves how to use these programs. And, you know, they spending hours and hours and hours, and what they accomplished was a particular kind of movement in their game. And that was awesome. It is really incredible that they did that on their own time. But with courses like this, you can really kind of go reach your goal faster, I think, and learn from experts who are actually like working in the field and work with those tools every day. The course that I found that I was really interested in was humor in the workplace, which I totally did not expect to see there. Yeah. It's um, better understand why we laugh, how we use humor in everyday lives uh, to protect, to attack, to connect, to distract, et cetera, and just how to use humor effectively in the workplace, um, which I think is honestly really useful because I sometimes, I guess, when people get comfortable, they use humor inappropriately in workcase scenarios. So I'm... I would hope that this kind of covers that, but it just goes, it's incredibly in-depth. And I I think that's really cool that there's a course on just how to kind of communicate with people using humor. Yeah, that's great. That's I a super know, valuable I skill. I have a lot of former engineers I've worked with. I would love to send them to. No like, kidding. This is how you do it correctly, okay? <laughs> yes. Please, please watch this. This is how to make a good dongle joke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There's, the key is there's never a wrong time for a dongle joke. No, there are so but, many wrong times for dongle jokes. No, there jokes. are many wrong times. It's just you gotta do it the yeah. right way. Well, and, yeah. and actually, that's why this course would be useful. Like, 
if you're at like a, a co-ed developer conference, maybe not a good time. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you're doing a podcast about sex toys, perfect time. Yeah. Thank you. I am a humor expert, as you know. Clearly. Yeah. So yeah, lynda.com. You can browse course transcripts and download them to watch later on your Android and iOS devices, which is awesome. And again, uh, get your free 10-day trial at lynda.com slash rocket. Thank you again, Linda, for sponsoring us. You're awesome. We, we love, love you, Linda. Linda. Love you so much. We do. Much. We do. Yeah, so so cool. So our second. That, that's one of my yeah. career like goals is to party with Linda. Like party with Linda. Right? Like, I mean, right? Get get drunk with Linda at a party. Dude. She's a real person. I want to take a, a Linda dot com yeah. course from you, Brie. That's what but, I want. That's my goal. I should do that. I yeah, should. Why do don't that. you? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh. I'll, I'll get teach in touch with her dealing with that, law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. Dealing with law enforcement. How to refine your contacts at the FBI. And God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do that. Let's, uh, okay, so speaking yeah. of dark topics, after we've talked about porn, we're going to segue to our next topic. I'm so sorry, John and Marco and, and Casey. Casey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do it. Yeah, do you yes. want to introduce this one, Bree? Oh, uh, okay, okay. So this is, gosh, I guess I pushed for two topics this week. You Sorry, did, but guys. it's good. Dude, it's Sorry, very, guys. I really enjoyed that porn, so. I did, okay. too. Like, you know, it's, it, I thought that was a topic that, like, you know, the guys I'm really can't talk about because no. they're going to feel no, like they're they perves, you know? I think it's an interesting topic. I, yeah, I, I genuinely do. I do. And no, I think, it, like, med, like, getting haptics to work with. VR yeah. is an interesting problem. It's a really valid so, topic, yeah. and it's one of those things where men might feel uncomfortable and they might feel like they're crossing a line. And yeah. one of the few times that the double standard works in our advantage That's and, very and true. It, it is in this case. We can I talk know. about these things, um, whereas it might not be as – I mean, certainly some men can and do, and, and, and that's – totally fair i'm not saying that the, the men should be excluded from it but some might right. not feel like it's appropriate yeah and this is one of the few advantages we have as We're women so uh i guess talking about another thing that kind of we are more able to address um i i guess i really just wanted to talk about what's been happening over at atp and mm-hmm. i kind of wanted to comment on that and for yes. all of us to kind of have our own say and um, atp for the audience is the sure. accidental tech podcast accidental tech mm-hmm. podcast so you know those of you that don't know let me give you just a little bit of background so um john syracuse and marco armit uh started these two legendary shows build and analyze and hypercritical um they kind of ended them on another network and they kind of wanted to get out of the podcasting game for a while they made the show about cars and then they accidentally came together and did uh, a tech <laughs> podcast which is wildly popular yes. it is a fantastic show i really mean this like for me um Whenever I want to understand, like, the um, technical down low on something like, yep. you know, Swift coming out, like, I, I will sit there and listen to their show. It is full of technical information. Mm-hmm. Now, John Syracuse is someone that is a fantastic ally for women in tech. Um, the first time I ever met John was when I was giving a talk at PAX, and he was actually in the front row of the audience. I was taking a picture of how excited I was <laughs> to be speaking at PAX, and then everybody's like, hey, I know that guy that's sitting in the front row. So this is someone that really puts his his money where his mouth is mm-hmm. when it comes to women in tech. You know, he's not a perfect ally, but he, he gets it really right. But who yeah. is a perfect ally? Um, he, yeah, yeah. Honestly, honestly, yeah. They're, right. That's, that's my point. Like, none of us can be perfect but he's he's really doing well um so a while back he 
was deeply bothered by looking at some of the metrics for show and the feedback and how overwhelmingly male that it seemed to be. So he put out a Twitter, uh, a tweet basically asking um, how he could get more women to listen to his show. Um, very amusingly, I felt he interestingly <laughs> had a bunch of men that started tweeting him and telling him how to get them to listen to his own show. Too. That was right. really funny. Um, and, you know, he was brave enough, not just John, but all the people on ATP and Marco and Casey, they were brave enough to kind of open this up for a topic. And I have to say, like, I've kind of been, you know, talking to them as they've been getting some of this, this mail, and it's been radioactive. Mm-hmm. And it's been very acerbic. And it's been very, very unfair to them. Yeah. So I want to have a wider conversation with you guys. Um, and I think maybe a good place to start at the, at the beginning is, um, you know, Christina, something I feel as someone that talks a lot about women in tech issues, is if someone means well, if someone is trying to be an ally, if someone is genuinely making a good faith effort at it, I think it is, as a, as a pragmatist, I think it's really counterproductive to kind of read them the riot act, put them under the fire, and just attack them. Um, I think if someone is like saying, ooh, I'm an ally, and then going on and doing a bunch of obnoxious stuff, I think that's a different situation. But I think if someone is like 80% there and is doing their best to just talk about the subject, I think it's really counterproductive to scream at them. So I, I, I'd i be interested in what both of you think about that. I completely agree. Go yeah. on, go on, Brie. Yeah. Oh, Simone, sorry, you go first. Um. I have so many, I have like five feelings about this. Um, One of which is, I'm actually reminded of a really great quote that I actually read on Tumblr, don't judge me, about different kinds of activism and how being an activist for your cause is not just something you do naturally, it's something that you make a conscious choice about. And in some cases, you do want to be that angry firebrand, and that is the helpful way to get your message across. In other cases, you want to be the person who takes the time to patiently educate someone and tell them what they have done and why it might be problematic, et cetera. Um, and I, th- I think it's that kind of – it really cleared a lot up for me because I don't like – telling people that they can't express their valid anger and sadness perhaps mm-hmm, about things mm-hmm. that have happened to them because I think that's so important for for men and women moving for and other people of all genders moving forward um, trying to be more on on even ground um, but that kind of it kind of made me feel better because it, it made me realize that there's kind of a place for all kinds of activism, but also oh, that, absolutely. you know, there, there are yeah. there are situations where, yeah, you do if if you see that you are going to harm the cause that you are fighting for, you don't have to make a comment because you might be, again, justifiably angry, but that justifiable anger might not be the correct way to respond to that exact situation. I think that's what we get into a lot on Twitter. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Specifically with individuals. Right. Because and it's want, so unhelpful. Oh, sorry. sorry, go on. 
I, I wanted to take a beat here and kind of educate like our listener who isn't as familiar with this about what's happened is they, they got a lot of feedback from people that were like, well, you know, this is your problem in the first place because you have all men on the show. You know, like you chose to create this show without women. And that's the only possible way you could do it. And the only right. way you can make this appeal to women is to cancel the show and to start over, which I think is unfair and unreasonable. That yes. show is great. Um, we are lucky to have it. Mm-hmm. You would be doing a disservice to the discussion of technology overall if you change the format of that show. Yes. And I also have to say, like, over here on Relay, you know, I do all my business on this network for a reason. I was doing um, Inconceivable this week. That's a show Dan Morin started. That has, every single show I've done has had a fantastic gender mix um, over in the Relay chat room. Like, we do talk mm-hmm. about these issues, and this is a network that cares. But mm-hmm. I, I just kind of wanted to yeah. say, like, that was some of the well, the background with it. Let like me tell you an them. anecdote, yeah, which is that yeah, yeah. three or four years ago or so, my roommate, best friend, and I started writing a novel. And it's a romance novel. And we Every single character in this novel turned out to be male. And we did not realize, it, it, literally, we did not realize what we were doing until, like, way into the process. And we're like, yeah, yeah even us as feminists did this thing where we created a novel with all male characters. And that's a mistake, sure. And we did eventually add in some side char- or secondary characters that are female. But... We, at this point, are not going to go back and rewrite the entire novel. We will go forth and write other things that will have female characters. And that's kind of how I feel about this situation is they have an existing thing that is awesome and great. Their careers are still going. They can still be on – they can still promote messages of equality and guest on podcasts with women and promote female voices without – Yes, again, they absolutely do. Yeah, and they do. Yeah, exactly. And I I guess I – I do admire that the honesty that they had in discussing this, where they were like, you know, it. this is the podcast that we created, us, the three of us, talking about these issues. And that is not going to change. Right. And I, you know, I, I can't begrudge them their honesty and their, the fact that that, that, that that happens. I know it happens. It happened to me. So, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I would agree with that. I would also say that, I mean, there's a difference between saying, you know, if at some point they want to have, you know, female guests on, if they do guests at all, or, or have people part of the discussion, that's different than trying to change the makeup of the show. And I think the people, I agree, people who call themselves allies and, and are wanting to help the cause, sometimes you can, I agree with you, Brie, you know, hurt things more by going immediately to the attacking place when people are trying to have an honest discussion. I'm bothered by that because I feel like, uh, while I agree with you, Simone, that you know, we can, um, you know, be advocates in different ways and we can put our, you know, our message out there in different ways and people are allowed to feel however they want to feel. And I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I do think that at a certain point, part of the reason that these things happen is because people are so afraid to actually have a real conversation about realities. We're so afraid of being so um, uh, correct and 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 so we we become like 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 so you know uppity with 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 our you know how dare you not do this and do this and do this that we can't have a conversation about re- about the reality of the situation like you said you know sometimes um you might have something that's only women involved sometimes you might have things that are only men um and and it's you don't go into it with something with with you know intending it to be uh speaking to some greater cause or or, or to try to cut a group out um I also feel like if we're going to have real equality, then that means we all have to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and it, it, keeping us separate and, and focusing on the, the separateness 
only furthers to show that we're we're different. Obviously, we are different, but but shows to show we're on like different tiers. Yeah. So I I don't know how helpful it is sometimes. I I, I understand people's anger and I understand um people wanting to express their opinion and and obviously people are more than willing to do that. As I've gotten when I was younger, I used to be one of those people who would you know, sometimes want to take people to task more, how dare you, you know, act in this manner that in which I, I disagree with that I, I wouldn't do myself and how dare you not be the perfect ally or the perfect person and, and, and let me take you to task on these things. But as I've gotten older, I found, you know, I think maybe as maybe you're in the same situation that I am, Brie, where uh-huh. it's just easy, it's just better, you get better results if you can be more understanding because we all make mistakes and especially in the in the the context of twitter where we're trying to get across really nuanced points in 140 characters those nuances don't often come across perfectly oh no no and it's, it's and, and, and 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 so you know starting to to go to the point where you're going to start attacking or criticizing people for even wanting to have a conversation which is what's troubling to me about like just putting aside the misogynistic comments that that obviously were expected and and were you know um sad but but you know, just part of the part for the course that, that that they got. I think some of the the conversations that were not helpful, frankly, were from you know um, people who could be considered advocates who were saying, "Well, what do you expect? You know, if you if you you can't ever have a, a female listenership because you don't hate women. Women aren't part of the show; they're not hosts. Because that's not true. I mean, I listen to that show. I yeah. listen to that show too. I mean, there yeah. are plenty of shows I watch that have primarily male, male characters. I mean, and and there are plenty of shows that my husband watches that have primarily female characters. Um, it's it's about talking about topics. The topics don't have to have a gender associated with them. Uh, you know, and and I think it's about being open to saying we're not speaking strictly from you know the male perspective. I mean, we do this show from a female perspective, and we do that for for a reason. We do that because there hadn't been other shows like ours out there. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't listen and enjoy to other you know podcasts. Um, that that might have all male hosts. You know, I mean, I I don't think that that those two things are mutually exclusive. And and frankly, I, I I'm with you. I think it was brave of them to even address the fact that they don't have. Um, a female listenership and and why is that and how can they improve that because a lot of the things they talk about I think more than a lot of other tech podcasts are things that are very you know gender neutral yeah um programming concepts the yes. efficacy of different languages different pointer yeah. techniques yeah. translation layers things like that I you mean, know just nerdy stuff with what yeah. you do with your NAS you know like like yeah. utilitarian stuff I mean I listened to both hypercritical and um, build and analyze I was a fan of both and. Um, I never felt with either of those shows, and, and they were both, you know, it was, it was hosted by, by 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 John and Marco, and and had a, you know, Dan Dan was their co-host. I never felt in any way like it was a male-oriented show. Um, and there's certainly some shows that I listen to, like the Jeff Rogan, you know, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and, oh. and some of the nerdest things that are more male-oriented. But I enjoy <laughs> Joe Rogan sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. I think all right. Yeah. I, I sometimes I do. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't listen to him all the time. But some of those things, you know, you have those sorts of things that are definitely more male-focused, and that's fine. But I've never gotten that sense from them, and that's never been their gaze. So I feel like it's a valid question to bring up: well, Why are more women not listening to us? And I think part of it is, you know, some of the subject matter and, and part of it too is just needing to have this conversation, you yeah. know? Well, I think it's, you know, and I, I want to back up what Simone is saying. Like, I really agree with you that like, I'm not trying to tone police, um, right, yeah, yeah. you know, like your opinion. I think so many of these things are multifactorial and it, it, it requires a large number of people doing a large number of things. My goal is, you know, my position in the industry is to be a leader. And to bring people together. Um, Like, that's what I see my role as being. So, you know, 
when I see someone like John Syracuse and Casey and, and Marco out there asking a question and getting mm-hmm. more BS for asking the question, yes. if they uh, compared yeah. if they did nothing, which is, let's be honest, 99.99% of shows out there. Yep. Um, I'm not telling anyone not to have the opinion. Um, I'm saying like, for me, from my perspective, from Brianna Wu's point of view, I think it's I think it's unhelpful. I agree completely. Um, yeah, One thing yeah. I've seen a lot that uh, bothers me about interactions online is that I think, and I, I'm not excusing myself of this either, I think we have a hard time distinguishing between individual and industry. Mm-hmm. And I this happens in criticism of television. It happens in criticism of like this podcast is that the industry itself is a sexist entity and it is organized in a way that makes it difficult for women to enter and succeed. Yeah. If some some uh, John Syracuse in that industry is somebody who is making a good faith effort and does not deserve the, I guess, uh, vitriol <laughs> that one might give that one might use for the structure of the tech industry. He's a person, an individual. And I would say the same thing for women on Twitter like you, Brie, who who have received a lot of misogynist harassment. You as an individual deserve to not be screamed at. So <laughs> I think so. Shockingly, I, think so. I hold I, that opinion. <laughs> I, I do want to clarify one more thing here. Yeah. Um, and that is to say, like, all the harassment they have gotten and the anger, angry feedback. I mean, a lot of that has been for men, too. Yes, yes. And, yeah. you know, I want to be really clear clear about that now you know obviously this happens every time and this is um it's almost this fragility that men have when you bring up these subjects that they're so blind to their privilege here that they want to tell every (laughs) tell themselves (sighs) that everything is equal and there's nothing to solve and they get very aggressive when you even broach the subject you saw them do this with i know right (laughs) i mean even with mad max you saw this which this has been truly the most ridiculous thing it honestly makes me more angry than a lot of things (laughs) because it's it's a freaking action movie that has female characters like yeah. Go watch Terminator 2, yeah. for God's yeah. sake. Absolutely. Anyway, derailing. Watch Alien. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, oh my com- God. Yeah, great. But coming back to this point, you know, because, like, obviously I'm a thousand percent against those misogynistic messages that they've been getting, but I can speak to the people, you know, on my side. And, and I guess right. I would say this. Um, something I have learned as a feminist and a leader is part of being a good feminist means allowing other people the space to disagree. So, um, yeah, that, that takes a lot of forms. Like Anita Sarkeesian is strongly more anti-sex than I am. Um, yeah. you know, and there's some people that are strongly more pro-sex, uh, than I am personally comfortable with. Uh, you know, like there are some, you know, there they are any range of attitudes. And, you know, I, I guess I want I want to stress, like, I'm okay with that. But I also want to vouch for these people there and say they're good men. They genuinely care about this issue. Like, you, when you hear John Syracuse talk about when his daughter, like, realized that there were no women in, what was it, the Pixar movie Cars? Yeah. And he talked about the pain in her voice as he was talking to her about that. You can tell this is someone that really wants to do the right thing. And, you know, I go after, I I have certainly critiqued people in this industry before 
like giant bomb have critiqued more than one occasion <laughs> over this very issue. I will tell you is my opinion as a professional in this field that they care and that they're, they're doing the best that they can. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess I'm saying is they have the benefit of my doubt and I think they deserve the benefit of yours as well. That's another thing that I think will hopefully change in internet communication 2.0 whenever we get there is <laughs> treating individuals as individuals, not as embodiments of structural inequality, but also ending a discussion. There is, I, I feel like a lot of times people on whatever side of the political spectrum will right. want to continue the argument until the other side has been beaten down or you've been blocked, et cetera, et cetera. There is right. no need to do that. That is not how debates or arguments work in real life. Just there, there's a time and a place where you realize that there is no use in continuing the conversation and it is okay to let it go. It is okay to take it up with someone else. It is okay to find a new way to get that message across. There are lots of opportunities. So... And it's okay to disagree. It's okay yeah. that we don't yeah. all maybe have to feel the same way. I think that's an important thing too. Like I, you know, I mean, a lot of times I, there's a lot of radical, I mean, I, I consider myself a feminist. I do not consider myself a radical feminist. There's cool. a lot of radical feminist doctrine that I deeply disagree with. And and a lot of things, you know, from that movement that, that I would never want to put my, my, my name behind. That said, I don't want to go on and as, as you guys were saying, I don't want to tone police people who have those perspectives, but that's not where I'm coming from and, and that's not my, my perspective. I think that that's one of the interesting things too is that, you know, where we have to, you know, there, there are so many various facets when it comes to how feminism is viewed. It's hard to put things in one box or another and, and none of us are going to kind of fall on the same lines. But I do have to say personally, and just speaking for me, Christina, it is distressing when I see people who genuinely are trying to have a conversation be shut out of having the conversation by people that I consider to be people like me, especially when – and I'll, I'll be blunt with this. I have a problem with some feminists who don't like me because they don't think I'm I'm radical enough. They don't think I'm <laughs> feminist enough. They don't think that I'm – you know, the fact that, oh, well, you, you, you engage too much with men and you give in to the patriarchy too much. And it's like, actually, no, I don't. I'm just pragmatic and – I'm not going to not be friends or, or, or participate, you know, with, with, with men because of what that says about the, the overall, you know, ecosystem of, of, you know, uh, structure and hierarchy. It's, it, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I do think just me, per again, me speaking personally, like, I, I think it's problematic and I don't think it's helpful, like you were saying, Bree, to yeah. shut down the conversation when pe the people are trying to have because yeah. that's an opportunity, I think, to educate. And I, I feel like no matter what your position and, – and I would say this is the same thing when, when people say things that I don't agree with and I have to remind myself of this. It is not conducive to shut down the conversation. To yeah. me, it is more conducive to either not get involved because yeah. nothing good is going to come of it or to actually try to have a real conversation, but simply coming forward and saying, why are you even talking about this? You're not allowed. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. This is something that we experience with our relatives on Facebook every day. <laughs> it's true. I, I want to say one last thing and we'll move on to dessert today. Yeah. Um, you know, I consider there, there's a very famous fantasy author, Robin Hobb, and you know, Frank and I are lucky enough to consider her you know, a friend of ours. And you know, she said something to me that I thought was just beautiful and perfect. Um, she said that, you know, feminism is not a dot in the distance. It's a horizon. It's a line that has all of our views. And, you know, Christina, I don't agree with you on everything. When it comes <laughs> to the subject, we are different people. That doesn't totally. mean your view is not exactly as valid as mine. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it's, I, I think John Syracuse is a feminist. Like he's, he's put his reputation on the line. He's talked about this. He has a lot of power to address these things with his audience that I will yeah. never have in a hundred years. So, yeah. you know, let's just have a little grace with each other. I'll, I'll end with <laughs> a quote from him from that episode of ATP. We're not trying to do something everybody likes. We're trying to do the best we can. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Cool. All right, guys. guys. Hard topic done. Dessert. Dessert. Uh, No, Squarespace. Squarespace. Oh, okay. Squarespace. Squarespace. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com. And you can do that by entering offer code ROCKET to get 10% off at checkout. So we talked about Squarespace before. Brianna, you've worked with Squarespace before. We did not fulfill our promise to make the Rocket store. We will just... Stay patient. That Stay patient. Happen. It'll happen in the future. I promise. I promise. No, right now I'm looking at Destructa X and seeing if I can start a Squarespace <gasps> site. With oh, my that. God. That would be so great. Yeah. That would be... Oh, my God. DestructaX.com is amazingly open. What? I am buying Amazing. that. Take you need it. to buy this yes, now. Yes, I'm buying it right now. Holy oh my crap. God. That I is can, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I can be Brianna at Destructa X. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's... But that that's is her new legal name, right? Like yeah, it is. It, it is her new. And and keep in mind, you guys. I'm trying to think of things to do with filmgirl.nyc. I want yes. to build a Squarespace page with it. So, yes. Send your suggestions to us um, at underscore rocket or or, or or whatever Twitter handle is or at <laughs> film underscore girl. Send it to send us. Send them to me. I want to know what to do. And it'll yes, take Christina to- like 10 minutes to make her new Squarespace site because they make it super easy to make websites that look professional, but that you can do with no skill level, no coding required. Brianna, or Christina, of course, has mad skills. So her website's probably going to be freaking beautiful. Uh, their tools are really intuitive and easy to use. And with Squarespace 7, they have all these great templates with responsive design that look great on all devices, which is, as you know... The most important thing when you are on your phone and you load a website, you don't want it to look disgusting. So Squarespace lets you adapt your website for all kinds of devices, which is what you want in this modern life. (laughs) Sorry. Is that – was that the name of the show that you made me watch? No, that was like my – my so-called life. My so-called life. Oh, my God. Did you finally watch it? I I watched the pilot, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and they have li- or Squarespace has twenty four seven live chat and email support, so you can reach them at any time if anything goes wrong. Um, so yeah, build your beautiful, awesome website today. Squarespace plans start at just eight dollars a month, and you can start the trial with no credit card required um, and get ten percent off again with code name Rocket. That's what I have to say about that. Do you guys have anything to add? I don't understand how Destructa X wasn't already taken. I don't I just, either. I don't, I don't I think I'm not we can thank this. God yeah. and also yeah. Jesus. Yep. <laughs> Disclaimer, I'm agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Squarespace, for your support of rockets. And um, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we've, we've got to talk about this video. And, I mean, do you want to talk about some Taylor Swift's freaking <laughs> legendary video for Bad Blood. I So it came out uh, on the 17th. It's been teased on Instagram for what feels like 
an eternity of my life. Yep. These awesome pictures of ladies in like B movie style get up looking yes. like they could kill me and I would beg them to kill me again. And the video was incredible. She was a spy and her yes. best friend betrayed her, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Ugh, the traitor Selena Gomez. And But then, most importantly, she got in the boxing ring with Carly Kloss and their yes, faces were close together. Yes, it looked yes. like you were going to kiss for a second. Yeah, I was – it was great. It was hot. It was, it was so hot. Truly it's wonderful. Hot. She, it, it, catastrophe and knockout fighting out And I ring. love that they took a song, which is ostensibly about a breakup, and made it about this conflict oh, between two women. Uh, no, the song is about her feud with Katy Perry. Oh, is it? Oh, yes. my God. I did not know that. So the that. background on the song, no, she wrote the song because Katy Perry last, during the Red Tour, Katy Perry was doing her whatever album that was, Roar Tour or whatever. Yeah. And stole some <gasps> of her female dancers. Stole, not female, some of her um, um, background, backup dancers and in the middle of the tour. And Taylor Swift talked about this to Rolling Stone. She was like, yeah, it was actually about a woman. She, it wasn't about a guy or anything. She just, just something really shady, like, you know, could have cost, you know, million dollars in like a, you know, when a, a, you know, arena tour could have been yeah. a disaster. Yeah. But apparently what happened, and the Swifties are way more knowledgeable about this than I am, but because I am nothing if not an adult Swiftie, I've looked <laughs> into this. Um, apparently some of the backup dancers were, you know, they were on the Red Tour and, and they were, you know, by all accounts, Taylor Swift uh, treats her staff pretty well. I mean, she like took them to Nantucket where she has a house and, and you know, they had like a 4th of July thing and they had all these Instagram photos. And then a few days later, she unfollowed a bunch of these dancers and Ooh. the dancers went to Katy Perry's tour because she had decided to extend her tour to do an international edition or something. And apparently they'd worked with her before and really liked her and so they just dropped off in the middle and then one of them actually gave an interview to one of the um e um one of the uh, examiner websites which you know are like hardly like great outlets <laughs> but like they got an interview with one of these dancers who was like way more candid than he should have been <gasps> about how they left for 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 katie and i mean frankly yeah that's kind of a that's kind of a dick move like you don't do yeah. that like yeah I understand you need your dancers and whatnot, but like if somebody's already on a tour and is doing something, yeah, I can't even imagine trying to replace dancers in the middle of a tour, having to redo, you know, maybe numbers and redo sets when, no. you know, it's something that's costing a lot of money. So um, she and Katy Perry, I've been on the outs uh, because of that. And then after the interview with Rolling Stone came out mentioning that, Katy Perry tweeted something about beware of Regina George's in sheep's clothing or something <gasps> like that. Oh, come and, on. And so, wow. you know, they, they, they've got major shade with one another. Um, it used to be so, mad yes. love. Now. And, and, but now we got bad blood. And, like, you know, there, there, there's a line in there about, like, you know, hurt me where you knew I was the weakest or whatever, which is kind of an illusion. You know, Taylor Swift is not a good dancer. So it's really important for her to have, like, the backup dancers who are doing that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's also, I think, why you had uh, – my friend Carrie says, and she, like, was dead on about this. Like, this is, like, the biggest F you you could ever do where she's basically like, I'm going to get the coolest people in the entire world as well as the women I named my cats after and have every cameo known to man in this music video that we're going to premiere at the start – that we're going to start at the beginning of the, the you know, the Billboard Music Awards. And everybody's <gasps> going to know that this is really shade towards you, but we're not going to mention you. And then, of course, yeah, the fact that it starts out with these two, you know, spies, you know, like working together and then one of them betrays the other. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of. Wow. You know, so I anyway, this was not no about a breakup. This idea. was about a girl fight. That is 
glorious. That's even better. I, I've only ever like listened to it in the past two days, listened to it on the radio, which, by Freaking the way, they do song. not play it enough. I'm going. No, well, it just it just hit radio on Monday. They and I expect it to be saturating. I it's been like three whole days, and I've heard it twice. I commute every morning, every evening. Twice. All right, fine. So, so I'm yeah. gonna have to give yeah. you. I'm gonna have to share with you my my Taylor Swift music collection, right? Obviously, thank you. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, we should down. give Taylor Swift money. She she's no, we it. should. I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, hook, hook me up. I'm just saying. Yeah. So you know, guys, I only listen to EDM. So I, I know have you do. to. I have to admit, <laughs> I am not as big a fan of Taylor Swift as you guys are, and that's okay because I respect but, our differences. Right, but um, I, have to I, say, I don't respect yes. this difference. Okay, I'm sorry. If I she, don't listen. No, she's hold amazing. On, hold Shut on up. a second. Now, now, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, like Britney, everyone out there has worked with some of the best remix artists, and I find her remixes to be weak. So I she agree, just needs to step up who she's working with. Like I William Orbit is available. You know? Yes, he is. And and honestly, I have to say, um, you know, a, a lot of DJs have remixed her very well in their sets. Like mm-hmm. like uh, I've heard her in Tiesto sets and like Sunrise sets and and things like that. Um, I'm not loving the Bad Blood remix featuring Kendrick Lamar. I mean, I like it okay, but yeah, you're right. It definitely could have been like kicked up like five notches. I mean, I thought his part was great, but I was a little. I mean, when it comes to remixes, it was a little weak. But this is not really her forte either. No, so. no, no. So, but I want to say, like, I saw this video and I was, God, like, Christina, do you remember when we were growing up? I'm a little older yes. than you are. And do you remember how bad music videos were? Like, I remember thinking Jeremy was the most epic thing But that ever was an amazing made. video. I mean, he killed himself it at was, the end. I mean, Jeremy was, spoke in class but, today. But I mean, come you on. look back at it. Damn. And, or how about Black Hole Sun? That's a better example. <gasps> so I thought that video was awesome well it was it amazing out. it was it's funny you say this because on the on the tr- on, on on the car ride back from uh dc that song came on the radio and a i was really upset it was uneasy listening oh. because oh. that's what's happened oh. in 20 years that 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 song has has become easy listening um and, and b <laughs> um i love that music video you know with like the little girl like eating the ice cream cone and like the barbie on the on the barbie and the you know the the, the melting plastic and the whole thing it was great Mm-hmm. All right, I think I think like you can look at the morphing technology. Like, it was the same time that T2 came out, where like yeah. morphing things from one image to another was really. Oh, totally. Cool. Well, you're, uh, yeah. And, well, and the and whole black look, and white, right, right, the black you, and white music video, right, right. So you see that, or, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, I think about what MTV was when when oh. I was growing up. And don't get me wrong, some of the, the chemical... Well, here, how about Electrobat, like, which is this awesome Chemical Brothers song. It holds yeah. up, is an unbelievably great song. If you look at that music video, it's about like a gymnast that's throwing shade at another gymnast, and you have like a bunch of backflips in slow motion for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was very cool. It was a great video, but then you see Taylor Swift, and this is like uber awesome production yeah. values like mm-hmm. i'm looking at the audio like smoke composite yeah absolutely yeah. like look at the sets they're doing is like the scanner going over her body sitting yep. there like that is a i mean they built that in cg like the lighting is correct it looks awesome the cinematography how about just the costumes um yeah no, Joseph Kahn. Do we, yeah do we yeah. know who filmed this i should yeah, have looked it as the director just, oh, just okay. as the director yeah. And, and he's he's very very well known. Like I'm I'm just gonna read a couple of his clips because he's done like some of the best music videos out there. Like he did, um, let's see, um, he's been going way back. Uh, he did the Larger Than Life video from Backstreet Boys, which is a great one. 
Um, he did Britney Spears' Stronger music video. Uh, he did Southside uh, with uh, Moby featuring Gwen Stefani. Um, he did um, Without Me from uh, Eminem. Um, he did Behind These Hazel Eyes from uh, Kelly Clarkson uh, and her Never Again mm-hmm. um, album, uh, music video. He did Waking Up in Vegas by Katy Perry. Uh, Already Gone from Kelly Clarkson. I'm trying to look. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's done a ton. Anyway, um, he also did the Blank Space music video, which of course was fabulous. Oh, God. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's that's like on another level. But no, he's 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 done, he, I mean, he's like literally like a music uh, video god. He's like up there with like Mark uh, um, um, Romanek who did, uh, who did Shake It Off. So. Oh, good. I adore music videos. I mean, every couple months or so, I try to have a night with my friends where we just queue up a, a playlist on YouTube of K-pop music videos, and we play a drinking game and, like, watch all these music videos. And I, it is such an art form, and I wish that something like MTV still existed. I, I'm so glad that we have YouTube, because I remember. Well, we have Vivo. We have Vivo. Yeah, YouTube I mean, and Vivo. MTV still yeah. plays those things. And it's yeah. funny, though, because there's certain, like, uh, music video directors, like R- Mark Romanek is one of them, and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Joseph Kahn is another, but um, uh, Romanek did, uh, uh, he, he did the, the um, Shake It Off video, but he also, he's he's did the 99 Problems video from Jay-Z and Criminal from Fiona Apple, which is amazing, oh, Perfect God, Drug, yeah. uh, Weezer's El Scorcho, um, obviously Spike Jones did a lot of music videos too. Mark Romanek's uh, favorite, my favorite one of his was uh, Johnny Cash's Hurt. But there was um, a, a series of um, music video DVDs that was like dedicated to some of these um, directors mm-hmm. that uh, Palm Pictures put out about a decade ago. And I have like the whole collection, oh. um, and it's uh, it's kind of amazing because you're right, it is an art firm, and there there are, I mean Absolutely. David Fincher. Did a lot of music videos. He did um, a number of Madonna's music videos and mm-hmm. um, some George Michael music videos. And and these great, you know, directors have like feature film directors have gotten their start. Well, I think it's great. It really those forces sorts of you to have to think about the emotional reaction that you're getting. And it's such a compact video. Like it, it's so it's it has to be so tight. And what you can do with that is amazing. Yeah. So Bad Blood was freaking awesome. So, yeah, what are you guys up to this week? What about you, Brianna? Um, let's see, I spent most of today talking to law enforcement. Uh, I should finish up holiday tomorrow. Um, God, what else am I doing this week? Um, yeah, honestly, I can't even tell you about half of it. So it's big stuff. Big stuff that's coming Sweet. from me. Christina? So, yes. Um, no, so I mean, I uh, I was at a big Spotify event today. Um, the running stuff is the most interesting. We can talk about it next week if, if it's useful. Oh, but uh, yeah. I was at a Spotify event today, and uh, Chuck Polinchek, the, the author, was in our office today. Very exciting. Um, so I've just been kind of periscoping and, and tweeting and writing, and uh, I've got um, a, a new thing to review that I can't talk about, but we'll be able to talk about next week. Um, it'll be fun. Did you pick his brains when he was in the office? Um, I mean, he was there for like a, a book <laughs> event, and so I was only able to ask one question. Uh, but 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 I was able to be in his presence, and it was still awesome. That you were awesome. really geeking out about that. I was I was cavelling, like I was geeking out, and even when I asked him a question, like, and I had to like preface it by being like, "I'm just going to be the fangirl," because everybody's asking these more esoteric questions, like, "How <laughs> do you do this and that?" and whatnot. I was like, "I'm going to be the fangirl. I'm going to be like, what the hell is up with the Invisible Monsters movie? Like, what's the status of that? Like, who has the rights now?" And he was like, "I don't know." 
he was like, you know, it keeps getting option and then the option expire and then people else, some other people come in. He was like, I don't know. He was like, uh, but I don't know who's going to start it. It's not going to be Jessica Biel. And I was like, I know, but she would have been perfect. And then we both said at the same time, I was like, like 13 years ago, she would have been perfect um, as the lead in that. And she would have been. She's yeah. she's too old now um, for that role. But um, no, I, I and he told a story about how uh, he was on Janine Garofalo's uh, radio show last week or something, and that she told him that she was still mad at David Fincher because originally when he was casting Fight Club, she'd signed some sort of like intent thing and that she wanted she was going to be Marla. And then um, Edward Norton wanted Courtney Love to be Marla, and Brad Pitt was like, Courtney Love doesn't have the um, acting chops to be Marla. And so David Fincher was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to hire Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> but can But we were all kind of – he was saying, but can you even imagine Janine Garofalo playing Marla? And, like, on paper, I can understand why she would maybe, like, come in and, like, read for it. And, like, maybe in one version of the cast, I could see, yeah. like, why on paper she would work. But at this point, yeah, can you even imagine Helena Bonham Carter not being Marla in Fight Club? Like, I can't. No. It's certainly not not replaced with with, with Jeannie Garofalo. There's just, like, no way. Yeah. I feel that. All right. So that was that was a fun anecdote. That is so you guys awesome. For our and I'm so extremely that was, jealous. That, that made my life. You had a celebrity-filled week. It's yes. been awesome for you. Or it has been celebrity awesome. Celebrity and me. writer. Writer celebrity. Celebrity yes. songwriter. He he he's a celebrity. So yes. It's great. Absolutely. Well, I am I'm I'm working on some exciting things that I also can't talk about and putting together videos and things. So and I'm going back to visit my mom this weekend for Aww. Um, Aww. Memorial Day weekend. So hooray. Where's your mom? Uh Port Townsend. Okay. Tiny, tiny town out on the peninsula in Washington. It, it, Washington's Victorian seaport, as you should know. Uh, I missed the roadie festival, which was last weekend, but uh, I'm still really excited. I'm going to eat pizza and stuff. All right. Ah, Next week, you should remind me to mention some things about the U2 concert because I had some I had some feelings. But um, Brianna, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at Brianna at DestructaX.com, <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes. which I am setting up as we speak. Fantastic. And you can also yeah. me. I know. It's going to be great. Um, I'm also at uh, on the Twitter machine, the deadly the Twitter bird machine, machine at Space Cat Cow. Awesome. And Christina, what about you? So you can find me at a film underscore girl on the Twitters and at Mashable.com slash people slash Christina. And uh, yeah. Cool. And you can find me at DoomQuasar and at Pixelkin.org. And as always, if you enjoy us talking in your ears, please do go review us or, or just leave star ratings on iTunes. Both are awesome reactions to have to our show, and it, we really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Yeah, so, we, like, we got great letters this week, I have to say. Great. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Terminated. Terminated. <laughs>